Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption, episode 149, The Family Ties That Bond. I am May, and I'm here with... Tatiana. And Jessica. We recap DCTV in a flash. You can always find us on Tumblr at ladieswgumption.tumblr.com. All of our podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts uh, we're also on twitter at dctv gumption you can email us all your thoughts and feedback to ladieswgumption at gmail.com and of course we do have our patreon so as you all know every episode we we talk about it because we have lots and lots of content it's getting up to like 50 ish episodes soon and we've talked about Worth bridgerton bang for your buck yes mandalorian <laughs> the boys the witcher wandavision falcon and the winter soldier justice league Godzilla versus kong Motherland just dropped so yes. that's season two for that we'd cover it season one yes and we're trying to eventually <clears throat> we've gotten two requests to do in in to the heights in the heights what the hell's wrong with me in the heights <laughs> invincible or Cruella. Um, so lots of stuff going on there. So if you would like to contribute, um, you can find us at patreon.com slash gumption for all that great content. Um, in the news, we have me catching you all up on Superman Lois, which I cannot do this week because I did not get to watch the episode. Yes. So. <laughs> well, one thing that we can catch everybody up on is like Superman Lois Twitter, thanks to them, they put out like a gif that says there is no Lois, or there is no Superman without Lois, and um, like all the fanboys are like, oh wow, cinematic, amazing writing, <laughs> and, and then like a lot of the West Island from? fans are like, I wonder whose homework you copied. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the sentiment is true. Superman. Well, she's in the title. She's in the title. (laughs) (laughs) And they are like the other itch couple um, in the DC world. So, you know, good for them. I just, I guess the the, uh, fan reaction is interesting by comparison. Exactly. Um, So, anyway, uh, we do have um, our first look, not Superman, but Supergirl in the Flash movie of Sasha Kaye in her little Supergirl costume which is really nice and she's got her hair all short and i don't know which comics they were specifically uh, like which volumes they were going for but it looks good because like people were um putting up like the the comic panels that show the inspiration they're drawing from i think like i can't remember i don't remember what the comic series was but i think she was like lana or lois lane kent or something like that um, so she wasn't. Oh, so their Cara daughter. Danvers. Yeah. Oh, interesting. She wasn't Car Danvers, but you know who knows if they'll plan on like blending the two, um, oh. and just taking like the look. So I know like um, apparently on there's a lot of like feedback about the suit, which I think the suit looks great, but a lot of people are trying to be like, she's not blonde. That's not. Oh Cara. my god. <laughs> people just. <sighs> Anyway, we're just so frustrating it's like the same thing every time but what's interesting is that i saw a tweet of someone's like stop sharing those photos on the set i was like they only gave us the photo of her suit close up they should have just released a full suit shot of her so we didn't have to you know f- find this out outside. from the behind the scenes <laughs> she's outside like yeah you got to get ahead of the game like the cw does <laughs> 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 That is that is to say. Um, speaking of the CW, uh, Stephen Mel, formerly on the CW, oh, was kicked God. off a flight recently for berating his wife. Um, and Karina 
uh, who is a writer and was also kicked off of Roswell, New Mexico, <laughs> and Aisha Tyler both unfollowed him, which is interesting because they used to be very close, you know, BFFing all over the place. So that says a lot it's, more. Yeah, it changes than... this, his story about because like TMZ dropped the story that says he was berating his wife. He wouldn't lower his voice. And so mm-hmm. he got dragged off the plane and had to... And it also mentioned that his wife and quote unquote friends stayed on the plane and went. So assuming these are the friends that were with them on the flight. Right, right. Yeah. And like after, like right after it dropped, Stephen was, you know, saying that I was having an argument. I did lower my voice. I raised my voice. voice. I, and when I, they asked me to lower it the first time, I did. And the, then he for some left reason, voluntarily. They asked him to leave. For some reason, they asked him to leave. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It must be a slow news day. And it's just like, I don't buy into that. I've seen him up close uh, talking to somebody very irritably. So I do not buy that (laughs) whatsoever. And I think it's interesting because like him commenting on it just made it worse because he made himself sound more like an asshole. Right. Exactly. Why would you respond? Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Stephen Mel living his post Arrowverse life. <laughs> like if you needed, if you needed a defense squad, it should have been like if someone's going to defend you, it would be the wife. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's going to be like, actually, it wasn't that bad. She would have to right. come on say it. Him right. say it's not <laughs> going to make him be like, oh, okay. Stephen said it was fine. <laughs> Obviously fine. <laughs> well, some some fans were like, oh, it's fine. But those fans don't really have great grasp on reality, so. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw some people being like, oh, well, his wife just treats him so poorly. No wonder. Yeah. That he oh and I was God. like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> when reality bleeds into the public. Right. Or their reality, rather. <laughs> um, but on to happier news. We are going to discuss Legends Super... Not Supergirl. Legends Batwoman and Flash this week. Joy, no joy and feedback and lady with gumption of the week to take us away on this journey this week is jessica yes so side a we start with legends and batwoman alive and well slash keys to the castle first up is legends up tomorrow and it said like the title of this episode was back to the finale part two but i don't remember like was there a part one it's 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 not they meant oh no this one like back to the future yeah exactly yeah Yeah. they they meant i think they meant this because like they were going back to the finale so i guess this is finale version part two okay i guess girl yeah the the finale of season (laughs) six whatever previous season season was yeah whatever (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i would just like back to the finale and then two because then that makes sense i don't know why there's a part two and there's not part one anywho with Ava of Wreck, because she thinks Sarah is dead, Behrad and the Legends make last-ditch effort to keep Sarah from being abducted in the first place. This means going back in time to try and stop her from being wherever she is where the aliens took her. Um, and they want to do this even knowing that it will alter the timeline. And they've been told time and time again, probably, I don't know, they're right up there with Barry, <laughs> reasons why you should not change the timeline and here they are risking it for their captain meanwhile sarah grapples with discovering that she is not only a clone but also an alien hybrid um so when when uh bishop said that he was going to restart the human race with sarah he meant it literally 
Um, so while she's grappling with this, she's also shocked by the fact that Rory, who Bishop told her had died, is in fact alive. And he finds her on this mysterious planet with no time to spare. Sarah, Mick, Gary, um, I, I guess Kayla wasn't officially on the team, but he, they were expecting her to be their ride home. They all come up with this uh, plot with the Ava clones to take the power grid cells and destroy the planet on their way out um, to defeat Bishop, except Bishop has made the jump from physical human bodies to wanting to be omnipotent and in the cloud. Um, And this is causing complications for Sarah because before she leaves, she wants to be 100% human again. And it's taking a little bit time to 3D print her. So the longer she (laughs) keeps this power button on, the more time Bishop has to upload himself to the cloud. Um, So at the last minute, she decides that she will have to stay half alien and she feels defeated about it. But Mick is able to remind her why she's a special snowflake and people will love her regardless. Um, Meanwhile, back on Earth, Spooner envisions what her life would be like if she hadn't joined the Legends. And at first, she's very excited about that because these people are insane. But the longer she spends um, trying to help save Sarah and a conversation with Sarah Lance herself, she feels more like she belongs with the Legends than she previously thought. Um, they don't actually wind up saving Sarah from being abducted, but luckily Sarah has saved herself and she and Mick and the crew have returned to Earth. Sarah reunites with Ava in a very passionate embrace, reunites with all of her legends, and in front of the bar where they left off, she finally completes what she wanted to do and proposes to her girlfriend, um, to the sound of cheers from the legends and fireworks from a mannequin that they had staged in the back. Um, Glenn Winter directed the episode. It was written by Morgan Faust and Mark Burner. What brought joy? There was many joyful things among the things in the episode. First off, I love that it was Big Rod's plan to save Sarah and he went out there to do it by himself. Finally taking, you know, action um, and... Not necessarily just smoking weed, I guess. Even though, of course, old him was smoking weed on the roof or whatever. Yeah, the weed but, led to action. <laughs> yes, exactly. weed led to action. But regardless, we still got to see, you know, proactive Bayrod in a totally separate storyline, which is not usual for him. Um, also, there was like a sexy moment with Ava. I mean, it wasn't really sexy. With, with um, Astra. Astra. But, you know, they had a moment. And I was like, does Bayrod just have chemistry with everyone? Because now I'm something like, you know, this wouldn't be bad either. I would be cool with this. But I did like that moment where he was feeling like, you know, he hadn't done all he could, right? He was regretting that maybe he had even pushed Sarah to be abducted. And then uh, Astro was like, if you hadn't tried, then you would never, you know, you would regret that even more. So you did what you had to do. And then they made eyes. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this. I'm just going <laughs> to just going to wait. Anyway, I love that they just had like whole like all these like time travel rules they have to follow. And in the end, of course, they obviously automatically like immediately fail. And Ava immediately knows what is going on, but doesn't want to get involved in the shenanigans, which is very Ava of her. Um, Loved the moment with Spooner and Sarah. I love that she gave Sarah the advice, you know, what she really needed to hear about proposing to Ava. And just that sentiment of like people 
like loving people and people changing, right? I loved what Sarah said in the first place. It felt very true to what Sarah's fears might be, you know? Like, I know I'm going to get a woman that I love for the rest of my life, but I don't know what she's going to get. And it was also prescient, of course, right? Because literally while old Sarah is thinking, or past Sarah is thinking that, present Sarah is literally someone else now um, and has already changed. But it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, at their core, they are still themselves and they can grow and evolve together, which was a lovely moral of the story. Um, so when the proposal happens at the end, it felt very earned. I may have, you know, some, some, some tears may have leaked out of my eyeballs. Um, and it just felt like it was really well written. It all came together really nicely. Um, I loved Zari finding out that Constantine has no magic, like just immediately, just from the way that he was behaving with Sarah and that he was like so gung ho with the mission. She was like, you're just trying to get your magic back. I see it. Don't lie to me, you stupid hoe. And then he was like, I will not lie to you. And also, <laughs> do you still like me if I don't have magic? And she's like, yes, I don't care if you don't have magic. I know that you care if you have magic. So, so that was a wonderful uh, little moment for our um, beta couple. And I already said I loved the Sarah April a proposal. That was beautiful. Tears. Um, love Gary and the Avas, as usual. Always a delight. Um, like that they are now freed. The Avas are now free from the, the Ava troopers, I guess, are now free from the control <laughs> of <laughs> a bishop. Um, plus, I did think that the dilemma that Sarah was going through of like, do I try to clone myself back to back to normal um or do i just ex you know explode bishop and get out of here was like a reasonable uh decision for her to make right like having to be torn between those two things because she really doesn't want to lose any more parts of herself and yet the greater good once again may require that bit of sacrifice um i love that kayla came back for them thank you kayla um also just in general i think it's cool that now sarah will have alien powers <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what this version of Sarah is actually like. Is this and what the same thing or a different? Because I feel like there's some, for some season, like uh, Sarah was supposed to like sneeze and have powers. Like she had a cold and she had powers, but I was like, that never really. Yeah, I don't think that came to fruition. Was, I think it was like there for two seconds before they sort of changed it back. Or somehow she, something happened to her and she lost those powers, wasn't it? Oh, when she was like blind a, when she was yes, like a fate. Yeah. Yeah, there was a blind thing. Yeah, yeah. So that happened, but I don't know about, maybe this is like the, like there was a kernel of that and then they made it a full blown storyline here. <laughs> but either way, I do, I am excited to see what that's going to be like. Also, Ava watching the Sarah, like Sarah saying she's going to propose on loop until the tape like was corrupted and she didn't even have the tape. That was so sad. Oh my God. Um, finally, I do love the Bishop said that it was Rebecca Silver's books that inspired him <laughs> to go after Catch Sarah. The first time. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. All right, there you go. <laughs> I forgot Mick wrote yep. under Rebecca Silver because yep. the show generally forgot, but that was nice. Um, yeah, I generally like this episode. Um, I think that them being on a mission to, you know, when it comes to time travel, it's like all the rules are thrown out the window when it comes to actually saving someone they care about. And, you know, they do a berry and they're like, we're going to do this anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, so I did like how they all came together and even the moment where they try to find Baharad and they all figure out where he went. And they're like, we're not trying to stop you. We're trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that, um, that they were, it was a group effort um, to try and find Sarah or prevent her from being abducted by aliens at all. Um, and even the fact that Sarah was so worried about 
you know, proposing to Ava and doing it right that she didn't realize her team was acting funny. And it was Ava who's real like, you're not my team. <laughs> There's something really weird here. So I really like that because it felt like a true sort of passing of the torch with regards to Ava being co you know, co-captain, whereas Sarah's distracted and co-captains for life and all that. So that was really nice too. I did love the moment where Spooner and Sarah are talking because I feel like, you know, Spooner, the whole season, she's new. It's all about saving Sarah. And she's like, who the fuck is Sarah and why should I care? <laughs> I just want these alien things sorted out for me. But as soon as she met her, like, they both liked each other. You can sense some sort of chemistry. Like, she'd really fit in on the team. And they both had the same anxieties and worries um, with their own storylines. So it was nice that they were both able to give each other comfort through the same advice that, you know, Sarah started and then Spooner started it. So that was really lovely because we didn't really get many moments with them at all up until this moment. We didn't get any moments oh, yeah. at all. You didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice that like this was the moment that established their relationship going forward. So it's not like, oh, who's this rando? You know, Sarah would be like, oh yeah, we met. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really great. And like the whole Bishop is still ridiculous, but the whole action sequence that was happening on the planet that shall not be named at all. Cause we don't have a name for it. Um, was really great. And like Mick coming for her and Gary showing up as well. Even like the moment when they were back on the ship and Gary's like, Oh, Ava will be so happy to see me too. He's like, no, she won't. She's going to be with Sarah now <laughs> going the other direction. <laughs> That was really cute. Um, so yeah, like an overall good episode. I loved the moment where, you know, Sarah and Ava reunited. I thought it was really emotional. It was like this big buildup. There was like great pauses to kind of reflect on the fact that they are finally to back together. And I thought the proposal with like the fire, the mannequin fireworks <laughs> and with the whole team watching, because, you know, they're very much uh, a family, family. Like a team, and they've been there with Sarah and Ava since the very beginning of, like, their relationship on the ship all the time. So it was really nice that that came full circle and that the big moment happened with, like, fireworks, and it just felt epic in that moment. And, I, like, as I was watching, I was like, man, I can't believe they've come so far to the point where, like, this is the second best proposal that I've seen in the Arrowverse. And I got like really like teary too, like, like Tati Aww. did. So it was, it was very nice and well done. And so you go legends. I thought that was like great for the kind of the culmination of their relationship so far. Yeah. Um, that Avalanche reunion just was, it gave everything that it needed to give. Um, I liked when, you know, Sarah first shows up because I was like, oh my god, that's Sarah. <laughs> like she, we see them like in the ship. We didn't know when they like made it back, and so this I was like processing at the same time. It was processing like, and it's it's really um like the way they played it out with her, just like not even wanting to turn it around because like, you know, I don't want to be like disappointed again if I'm just like gone crazy and, and hallucinating now and all this kind of stuff and so there's just like those like you're seeing those pauses where you're like is it really you are you really here and then um you know just like them kind of like finally both believing that they're back together was great and full of of emotion their proposal um especially after you know all of the legends trying to push this proposal in an attempt to save 
Sarah from being abducted just kind of made it um, kept that little through line of her wanting to, and also Ava was playing on a loop over and over again. Um, so that when we finally do get it and it just feels very much like earned and it was super emotional with all of the legends like in, in like the background because this is something they've been trying to like help plan for like the whole episode. So it was really, really great. And the mannequins had perfect timing with the fireworks. That was that was really great. Great way to end Pride Month. Which, by the way, I don't think you mentioned it, but we are doing a DC Pride edition for our Patreon. So um, if you have Patreon, you can also listen to that. Well, we grade all of the Arrowverse shows on their inclusivity or lack thereof. <laughs> but back to um, this episode, I also liked... I really like Spooner and Sarah's conversation was probably my second favorite moment of the episode, just because, like you said, like Spooner hasn't even met Sarah and she's like roped into this entire plan of saving Sarah and not really. And it's kind of it's kind of similar, I think, to a different degree than um, Ryan and Kate, who we'll talk about in, in Batwoman, in the sense that Spooner's kind of filling in a hole on the legends right now, but she's also been roped into saving this person that you know she's not like this huge legend really in a sense she's never really met um and so this is kind of the moment where you know it's kind of dawning on her that once sarah comes back then you know my role is up and at first she's very you know cavalier about it oh yeah i can't wait to get rid of y'all but (laughs) As, like, the night goes on, it's kind of, like, dawning on her that she really does like these people. Um, and it, I was wondering, like, why they didn't utilize Spooner earlier since Spooner didn't have a doppelganger there to run into. Right, so why not, right. why not utilize her? Um, and I, I don't remember what excuse they made up of her not talking to Sarah. But it, it, it failed anyway. And she did. And it was great. Because Spooner gave her, like, it's, it's nice to talk to someone that is a stranger about things that you can't talk to your friends about. So they are able both to be kind of really open with each other about their feelings. And I just think it was a great way to introduce Spooner to Sarah so that going forward, it's, you know, she kind of sees like she's had Sarah the legend. Now she sees like Sarah the person. So I just thought it was like a really nice way to meet her. Um, and Sarah to Spooner. Um, In general, I thought it was just, like, a really strong episode. I also like the Constantine and Zari stuff. Um, the fact that, once again, Zari's emotional intelligence is on point, and she caught on very quickly um, that he didn't have magic and um, is going to, like, help him, like, work through it to get it back. And so I like that they still are going strong. Um, and I did. I, I felt to see Tati. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> last week yes. we were all like Spooner and Bikrod and now it's like but Astra <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where because I feel like there's a little bit more here than there was last week so it'll be interesting to see if that is just like a blip on the radar or if they're actually planning on one doing something with Bikrod anything <laughs> and then two um, this relationship in particular and seeing where it's going so oh and also I guess yeah mix um, just mixed relationship with Sarah them reuniting as well um, as friends and um, him being able to kind of, it was cheesy, but him being able to kind of giving her what she needed here so that, you know, you're still you kind of thing um, was really nice. 
moving on to what did not spark joy about this episode. I did before we start. I did want to add that I liked that the fact that they they didn't go back on like killing Sarah and making her the clone slash alien person of her because that would have been so easy just like let's go back to the way it was <laughs> so good job show Tati what'd you like not like what was bothering what? you about the legends uh, today <laughs> well it was pretty good so I don't really have that many um problems but I will say I was very like what when they just like left Kayla behind mm-hmm. like she came back for them she saved their butts and then you know, Mick was like, no one's getting left behind or whatever. And then Except for you. Three seconds later, and they're like, no, we have to go. We're leaving behind. And I was like, what the hell? And then, like, they didn't even really get to focus on, like, how Mick might have felt about that afterward, right? For good reason, because we had, you know, Avalanche, you know, celebrations. But I was like, damn, poor Kayla. Like, I'm sure they're going to do something with that. But uh, this at the moment, I was like, excuse me, hello? I think no she, gonna- if she survived, she would have a reason to be, like, a little pissed. Because exactly. I thought that she had gone away, but she yeah. came back. And then she no one back. came back for her. Right. I would be so pissed if I were her. So I hope that we get to see that. I hope we see, like, like maybe she will become the new leader of the Avas. <laughs> she will indoctrinate them against the humans. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I will say, even though like I like that it was Mick that was there for Sarah because obviously they're the two, you know, the last original members left of the team. Um, and I and it made sense for him to convince her to not bother the copy of herself. I just thought the moment just seems like so easy. Like he was like, "Don't do it," and she's like, "No, I have to." No, really, don't. Okay, I won't. You're right. <laughs> and then it was over. I was like. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was like expecting like a bigger moment and it was not a bigger moment. It was just like, don't do it though. Okay. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, whatever. Um, also, okay. When he said that Amelia Earhart like lacked the mental fortitude that Sarah Lance has, I was like, can we just let her rest in peace? Amelia <laughs> <laughs> Earhart is turning in her grave right now. She's been through so Why? much. Exactly. Why are we saying that Sarah Lance has more mental fortitude than Amelia Earhart. Who asked you? So I didn't like that line. Um, and I also just the man- like I like the mannequin bomb so that it exploded during the proposal. That was great. But the, the plan in the first place was so stupid. I could not believe that anyone was like entertaining the fact of swapping Sarah out for a mannequin that would have fireworks in it or explode. I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that was really stupid. <laughs> um, I guess for me, like, what I didn't understand the whole episode was sort of why Behrad was, like, the one who was so intent on saving Sarah and how guilty he felt. I was like, this is interesting because I don't, I know they get along, but I don't recall them having such a strong relationship that it would make sense for him to be the one who was so right and you know, willing to go yeah me. yeah so it's just i don't know it was really weird um i guess i mean i'm happy maybe they forgot that it was bayrod they were dealing with and not nate they thought they had written the storyline for nate but they wrote <laughs> perhaps but i i've I guess I feel like it would have been stronger if they had gone back a first time and we'd seen him try to stop her just by accident and then he messed up and that's how she got kidnapped and then he'd feel guilty and he'd want to go back and change it. But they did not do that. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, I also did not like that they left Kayla behind because I, I she was really growing on me and her and Mick's relationship was like so fun and random. And 
I don't want her to die. <laughs> so I didn't like that they just left well, her there. I guess there. they have like ep- episodes left, so there's got to be something left to do. I know, I know. Um, and also just Bishop, like he's he's got to be one of the probably like smartest, dumbest villains <laughs> that the show has ever had because. Every time he expanded on his plan, I was like, what? <laughs> why? And how? And also why? So it was very... It was a lot. <laughs> and, you know, the actor's great. But I feel like, I think seven episodes they've, they've done after Sarah's kidnapped. And it's like... That was it? I'm sure there's more, but it just didn't feel as though it was good enough i'll say that that's fair i don't because like right now it's like oh she unplugged the machine in time stopped at 94 percent. but i'm like did it <laughs> so i don't know um but uh, these are minor oh i forgot one of the things that i liked about that mix era exchange and he's like but don't though <laughs> is he's like well, what's wrong with you and she's like mick i die he's like again <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's happened so often. <laughs> and it's it's just, I think it kind of like underscores a lot of like fandom was upset. Like, how could you kill Sarah and not have her original body? What What is this? And they're just kind of like underscoring the fact that she dies. She's like, you die every season. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, but back to what I didn't like. Um, the girl we got to talk. Because <laughs> when like what nate did nothing but eat and when he went to the bathroom like the other nate from the future that said like constantine had like died or gone somewhere so he had to like pretend to be constantine so it's like constant nate and z was like looking harder than she should have been looking i'm like i hope you are a drunk girl because let's not go She's, attract- she's so attracted to constantine's vibe that i think when it's Nate's like having that vibe yeah <laughs> Don't go there, girl. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, and then, like, yeah, Kayla definitely has a right to be pissed. Because um, I, I didn't feel like they even bothered to look for her or wait or do anything. So No, yeah. they did not. Men. <laughs> <Ugh. Ben. laughs> exactly. Um, so what did Suara have to say? Because I know he had thoughts. He had several. And Suara says, Legends of this week was so good, all caps. <laughs> My Ava Lance heart was so full with watching their reunion and pining for each other. It was great to watch Sarah deal with the ramifications of being in her new clone body and coming to terms with it. Her saying she was concerned that being an entirely new version of herself and that Ava wouldn't want to be with her was so incredibly heartbreaking and moving. And Mick helping her through it was so well done. It made her and Ava's reunion at the end all the more meaningful and the proposal scene all the better. It was so great to watch. Rafi is also continuing to have a great time playing the maniacal bishop and honestly can't wait for more of him. Also bless the Avas for helping. Also great to watch where the other legends tr- were watch where the other legends trying to prevent Sarah's abduction. It was overall hilarious and Bharad uh, being the breezy mastermind behind it all was amazing. Future Nate dressed as Constantine was hilarious and the most I enjoyed Nate in a while. Sarah busting uh, in on them at the end was wonderful, and them all celebrating the Avalanche engagement together was everything. In all, I thought this was a terrific episode, and I can't wait to see where they go from here. 
do we have any predictions about what's next? I guess mine is that Bishop isn't gone, gone. Yeah. And that Kayla is not dead either. (laughs) I would hope not. (laughs) But other than that, I have nothing. Well, I mean, the other Avas survived. So I feel like they had to do something to. I'm sure that that, uh, Kayla will be all right. Just a little bit of pissed. Yeah. But then hopefully by the end of the season, she will replace Mick on the team. (laughs) (laughs) Or he'll go off and have his happy ending with her, I guess. Probably. Yeah. Moving along to Batwoman, this episode is titled Kate Kane, and it felt like it was about Kate Kane. Batwoman, (laughs) a.k.a. Ryan, struggles as Black Mask continues to raise the stakes with Cersei as his henchwoman. Because whatever intermine thing that we saw last week, Cersei won that rock, paper, scissors battle, and she is faking being Kate Kane to the best of her ability. And all the Bat team are falling for it, except for a very wary Ryan, who sees a writing on the Batcave, and her career as the Bat is coming to an end. Um, and so and she also thinks that maybe, you know, Kate should crawl before she runs back into the Bat suit. And everyone's like, no, she's fine. Um, and no one's really thinking about, like, what this means for Ryan, except for Ryan, and except for Sophie, who, who you know, asks her, how are you doing? And, you know, you don't have to give up your place just because Kate's back. Um, so that's what Ryan's going through. Meanwhile, Cersei mocks Sophie's love confession because, you know, when Kate left, Kate left Sophie with a love letter and all her feelings. So now that Sophie believes Kate's back, she returns the favor, but it is not Kate who she is talking to. Um, Cersei is able to pull on Sophie's heartstrings and worms her way into the Batcave, locking up the team and stealing all of Bruce's villain mementos, including um, something from Poison Ivy, like a vine or something, and Bane's venom. Roman recruits all of the corrupt crows that Jacob fired, including Tavaroff, who is not impressed with his sales pitch until Roman offers him a better price, becoming Bane 2.0. Alice mourns the loss of Ocean. Meanwhile, separate from the rest of the plot, Alice is out here mourning Ocean by returning him to the ocean. <laughs> um, Sophia, crashes <laughs> <a funeral. laughs> Sophia crashes the funeral and believes now that they both killed someone that the other loved. So they're even, right? Like, bygones should be bygones. Sophia still wants Alice in her life. While Alice, upon learning that her sister is not freed from Cersei's mind control... Would like nothing more than a desert rose tipped knife into Sophia's gut. And Alice goes off to fix the Kate situation, which she should have done last week, but better late than never. <laughs> Carl Seaton directed the episode, written by Chad Fivash and James Stottero. What brought joy? That Jacob wasn't in this episode. Um, <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he was off, you know. Metropolis jail somewhere. Um, but what I did like was the fact that we saw Ryan struggle with the fact that, you know, maybe her time is coming to an end with being Batwoman because Kate's there. And we had a lot of people mention how the season has sort of been not particularly Ryan's season because it has still felt sort of overshadowed by, you know, it being an ensemble cast and also, um, Kate's memory 
all the time, everywhere. And also now Kate physically being in the Batcave, back with her team and everything like that. Um, and I really like felt for Ryan. I think that are she these had likes. <laughs> yes, these are likes because okay. I feel like her <laughs> her journey. Like we got to see her journey and how far she's come. Like before, you know, she was trying to cement herself, and she didn't think that it was going to like Kate's death meant that she was like the bat, you know, and that she felt influenced and inspired by her. But you know it's an interesting journey to see how that's changed when you, it's sort of like you meet, you meet your hero in a way and they don't live up to your expectations um, or it actually becomes reality for her, what that means. And I really did like the fact that she had to grapple with that as well as getting that com- having that conversation with Sophie about, you know, you don't have to take away everything that you've built because she has built these things. She's built her own suit. She's made it her own. She has friends now. She's doing what she wants to do and she can help, this, you know, she's helping the city in a way that Kate really wasn't too. So she has made Batwoman her own. And it's like, that was nice to hear from Sophie because Sophie was the only one paying attention. <laughs> um, so I'm glad it came from her because we've seen their relationship even blossom over the course of the season, going from people who didn't even trust each other to a friendship that, they were like loyal and Sophie was easily could easily like read the room with regards to like Ryan even offered her a spot on the couch exactly so that was really really nice of her so I loved all that and I love you know just in general Ryan's journey as well as like their friendship um I also like the fact that uh what else I mean the Kate Cersei twist was honestly great like I didn't realize that this was the penultimate episode (laughs) So I'm like, man, they're putting all these twists now. What does that mean? And I'm like, oh, okay, next week's the finale. But they were great in general because, like, you honestly did think that, oh my god, people can rest easy because fans are like, oh, Kate, this and Kate, then people saw a glimpse of the bat suit and thought that she was just going to get back into the saddle, only to reveal that it was not Kate <laughs> at all. It was Cersei, and I think that I enjoyed Wallace even playing the character a lot more because she's really good at being like this vicious shady conniving person <laughs> as we have seen her before in those worlds but i think she did a really good job here too kind of playing up the early on like we didn't know that she was Cersei and like yeah something was <laughs> off but like to everybody else it's like oh well she's such she's so great and now we're like we're having sophie confess to her and all of that so like the way that she just pulled the rug out from under them was you know great storytelling <laughs> Um, so I thought that was twist was really good in the fact that it wasn't going to be so easy to get Kate back that there was still going to be a struggle um, and now I really like don't know where her story is going to go um, in the future so that was pretty great um, what else just the whole like Ryan fight with uh, Kate Cersei was really well done like really well choreographed and it also taking with the team so that she could fight her and it wasn't like she wasn't getting their help like it's almost like proving that she could be Batwoman we already knew that she could be but it was also like a great moment for her to be like I can do this on my own too and it's not just that Kate's back and or also a moment when we're like this is not Kate see what I told you I told you so (laughs) this is me having my moment to you know 
show you what I can still do and that I'm still here. So all of that was great. And I think that generally plot wise, the episode was very strong. Um, I agree. I think that plot wise, the episode was strong and I, I really liked, um, first off, I liked the full circle, uh, kind of moment slash storyline for Ryan that, you know, the way that we meet her, it starts off with her having been falsely accused of possession, having gone, you know, being out on parole and having her life sort of like micromanaged for that reason, not having anyone have faith in her. And then at the end of or nearing the end of this season we once again see her parole officer and this time when ryan tells her it's not it's not me and also by the way i'm that woman <laughs> the parole officer actually believes her and helps her escape um and i sure hope that she lives because i was like i'm why are we leaving her here shouldn't she come out too i'm worried they're gonna kill her but um but anyway so I did like that. I liked that she's like, it finally feels like she had someone in her corner or that she was able to prove herself, not that she needed to, but she was able to. And that was, that was lovely to see. Um, also, um, I did like that Sophie recognized um, how Ryan was feeling as well as Sophie getting to pour her heart out to Kate, even though that did not work out. And we'll talk about that later. But the fact that, you know, for a moment, Sophie felt like she was finally going to be on the right track. It was really nice to see the conversation from her side of it, right? And then the twist of her finding out that it wasn't Kate at all is heart-wrenching, but in a good way, right? It's something that uh, is good TV, peak TV to watch Sophie go through. Um, I also liked the moment where um, Mary, you know, came in to talk to Alice and she saw Ocean and they had that, you know, she's like, I wouldn't wish this on you. Like, even though you did this to me, you're the reason I felt like this. I don't wish this on you. Um, and I also, I don't know, I thought it was interesting, like, when she told Alice, like, oh, Kate is fine, right? Um, it seemed like it was, because, like, oh, I'm not going to add on to your mm-hmm. worries right now. Like, you're already going through a lot. But at the same time, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Alice would like to immediately know that Kate is not fine. So, so it's kind of, like, interesting when you do, like, why you do things for people, and then whether or not those people would receive them the same way. Mm-hmm. But Alice then you know, finding out from Sophia and killing Sophia, I hope, I assume Sophia's dead. No, it's the desert tip, Rose, because she's going to, oh, like, undo right. it. Yeah. Okay, fine. She's not dead. Fine. But I like that, you know, she she lashed out Sophia. She said the thing that she was like, he wasn't one of your um, island hippies. Uh, anyway, that was great. Good, good scene there. Um, Alice managed to be interesting this episode without actually being involved with Kate. So that's a good sign. I guess <laughs> Sophia is the other one she needs to be involved with. Um, anyway, aside from that, I uh, I did like the fight scene. You know, like Ryan versus versus Kate, Cersei, Cersei, Kate, um, and and then everyone's reactions to finding out that Kate was Cersei was very uh, upsetting for them, but good to watch. So it was all right episode, even though most of the things that happened in it were not happy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's a very good, not happy episode. <laughs> um, I I really, I just felt for Ryan so much. And I, I like that even in the face of, you know, losing everything, like this, the bat is like the first thing that's been hers in a while. Because, you know, where she started out, she's like homeless. Um, she's been on the wrong side of the law unjustly. 
Um, the only thing that she has is her like her and her plant, and that's it. And then to kind of fall into this lifestyle or this, you know, dream of like finding the bat suit and be able to actually fight for the justice that she was never able to have in her life. Um, you know, it just meant so much to her. And in the light of maybe that going away and having to return to the van and no friends and your plant. Well, not even the plant now, which is even sadder. Um, so sad. <laughs> but even in the spite of that, it just kind of goes to how at her core, she's still a Batwoman because she continued to fight the good bat fight until the very end. Um, you know, going after everybody was like concerned about Kate and how Kate was feeling and how Kate was adjusting. Meanwhile, Roman Sionis is still doing Roman Sionis shit. So, <laughs> you know, Ryan went out herself to to get like try and get the financials and trying to continue um, going after Roman when, you know, her team was kind of distracted. Um, so I just think that goes to one, her uh, character and why she kind of like, like a, a resume, like here's why she deserves the bat. Reason number one, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, all of her friends were evicting her from their place, her place in their hearts to make room for Kate's return um, <laughs> and Ryan is out here focused on the task can. Um, I, I really, I appreciated Sophie so much in that moment. Um, I, when Ryan turned around, I thought it was going to be Mary because that should have been, you know, the time where Mary could step in and be like, where are you going? Why are you packing? You're still living here kind of thing. But alas, get to that later. But I did like that, you know, Sophie recognized that, hey, Ryan may not be feeling as happy as everybody else about Kate being back and what that means. And I like that Sophie, you know, actually voiced out loud, you deserve everything that you've accomplished so far. You deserve the mantle. You don't have to just step down just because, you know, there's there's room for it. It's not just automatically go back to Kate because she was here first. Um, you also deserve everything that you've done with this mantle and what it means to you. So I thought that was really great to hear, not only for Ryan to hear, but to be voiced through the show narrative that, you know, Ryan is not a placeholder. Ryan is Batwoman. Um, so I really, I really like that. Um, I liked the the parole officer scene and the fact, because it's, you know, coming in as like, because we, we didn't see, we saw her in the beginning and she's trying to get like Ryan on the right track. And we assume that they have like a, a regular um, least cordial relationship. Um, and if you were from like the outside, the parole officer looking in on the situation, Ryan's back. She's been arrested falsely again, snake bite. You know, her history was going to jail for drugs. Um, and now she's in this situation. And so it's kind of like, you know, I've gone so far with you, Ryan. Why? Um, and for, for Ryan to be like, no, but I have a good reason. I'm Batwoman. <laughs> Like, <laughs> there is no, you know, just kind of thinking of it, like, it just seems like odd, you know, you can't, this is not, this is just making it up. But, like, I feel like the, also um, this situation um, was kind of pulling Sandra Bland feels a little bit. Just the fact that she was, like, brought in and she may not leave oh, yeah. this police precinct alive. Like, it, didn't, it wasn't very um, direct or explicit. Um, but you can kind of feel that kind of situation. So for her to be in that situation, for her to make this plea to her parole officer and for her parole officer, whether she, you know, believe before or not, 
to choose to believe her and to help her, I thought was a really, really good um, scene. And it just kind of like validated, you know, like believing this is one black woman that was believed and it saved her life. Um, so I really right. liked that scene. Um, I thought it was really like the the action in the Batcave was really good. Um, I like the name dropping of some more villains like Poison Ivy. Um, I think it's interesting now. I thought it was the Mary and Alice was kind of a well. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but I did, I did like now Alice is back. We have vengeful Alice, but we have vengeful Alice is on our side, so that's good thing. Um, right, it's, it's <laughs> that's definitely an improvement. So we'll see how that goes next week. But what did not spark joy? Well, before May speaks, because I don't know why she's not speaking, I will just say I forgot to say Poison Ivy definitely was one of my, you know, joys. I did like that they dream dropped that, and I was like, oh my god, if we get to see Poison Ivy, I will just die of happiness. <laughs> All right, May, continue. Yeah, it could be set up for next season. Hmm. Um, but what did not spark joy, uh, you guys talked about the parole scene, and yes, I love that she believed her. What I didn't like is the fact that she had to say that she's Batwoman to be yes. believed. It's very, very yeah. telling everybody he's the Flash. I'm like, right. Yeah, it's like, this does not need to, to happen. You could have just believed her because she wasn't lying. Like, the yeah. the previous time she was arrested, the drugs weren't even hers. and You didn't believe her then, so... I don't know. That just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Oh, yeah, I do wish I could have done that without name dropping Batwoman. Yeah. Um, I definitely did not like Mary and Luke going off on their little Kate's back. Kate's here. Let's hug Kate and be with Kate and forget Ryan even exists because that pissed me off for like an hour. I was like, is no one <laughs> going to be checking on her? Like, is Sophie really going to be the one who's talking to her only? Because you're right. Like, Mary lives with her too. She invited her into her loft. It shouldn't have just been because Kate's gone. I want you here. It should just be because you are now my friend and I do want you here and you deserve to be a Batwoman. Like she needed that validation in that moment, especially as she felt like she was she had to leave uh, because of Kate. So the fact that they just sort of ignored her and no one really had her back when they should have until Kate had to betray them uh, was very frustrating to watch. And I think that Ryan definitely deserved some better friendship <laughs> uh, in this episode um, because like Ryan like it's just sort of goes into the whole coddling the white woman who's experienced something traumatic but like Ryan has to do all of this on her own because she was talking a black mask in this episode. She was arrested this episode. She was going through a lot. And she didn't she get out of jail by her. Like, get, no yeah. Way. So like no one was there for her and she definitely needed some backup like this there's a reason there is a bat team. <laughs> so that would have been really nice if they had just checked in as friends should do. Um, and like the whole, I was so happy for Sophie talking about her feelings, but the fact that Cersei slash Kate was like emotionally, emotionally manipulating everybody was really not cool, even though it was like cool for the story, but it was not cool to me personally, <laughs> feelings wise, um, because I thought that that was just a shitty thing to do. But it was, yeah, it was just bad. Uh, so, like, it, as soon as Cersei, you know, betrayed them, I was like, I was like, oh! I was like, wait, I knew that she was going to do that because we already knew who she was. 
but it was still shocking. Um, so I did not like that she was toying with them the whole time and that they'd actually done their research as if like this was the plan the whole time to fool them and get all this information. Um, so well, it's not good. And also like I was sort of confused about the whole Cersei Kate who won who because they just erased Kate's memories. But this was not Cersei's brain necessarily. Actually, Kate. So I'm like confused on the whole thing. Like, who won out? And I mean, clearly Cersei did, but like they could have done that more clearly. Um, so yeah, that could have used a lot more. And then there's like Alice, whom, you know, I'm glad that she's getting a storyline on her own outside of just trying to find Kate. But also, it was weird to me that once she, like, she had a breakthrough with Kate in her memories, and then she just leaves. Her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, Ocean da- is dead, and that's really sad. But also, we had this whole season build up of the whole, like, oh, I'm going to abandon Ocean because I care about my sister more. And she killed, she stabbed him, and they were going back and forth constantly, only for Alice to completely disappear from the picture when it was actually time to be there for Kate when Kate was actually back. So I thought that was an interesting choice. And especially as much as I like Sophia, I feel like this whole going back and forth and being petty with revenge over who killed whom and whatever is sort of starting to like drag out. Um, I know it's like the end of the season now, so hopefully that will be wrapped up soon. But I, I just can't see like Alice having her revenge for another season now against Sophia instead of her family because we sort of solved that um, and I just feel like it's getting a little bit redundant. Um, I definitely agree with that. I I feel like the Sophia and the Kate storyline this season have kind of going like come and go in waves mm-hmm. in a way that is very frustrating. Um, more so Kate than Sophia, but I agree that, like, Sophia could have been a much more exciting villain if she had been a villain. <laughs> like, like, come to my island. Ooh, let me kill someone you <laughs> love that the audience doesn't love, so it doesn't really matter. Because we're, like, five people, of which I am one. Um, and and then, you know, let's be best friends. Oh, no, you don't want to be my friend. So, like, whatever. Sophia has been kind of, like, a lackluster as a villain, even though her individual scenes have been fun. Um, and for Kate, like, okay, like, we already we already have talked about this before, but, like, the Cersei being in Kate doesn't make sense because it's not Cersei. Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if Kate's memories had been implanted in Cersei or if a real Cersei had just been told to fake being Kate. Like, that would make more sense. Like, okay, we're going to bring in Kate, Cersei and pretend she's Kate. But that's not the case. It is Kate who has been mem- mind-wiped or whatever and then had Cersei's memories implanted. So how could Cersei's memories that are like three weeks old be stronger than the Kate inside. It just makes it seem like Kate is just weak and Kate is not weak. So I just don't get it. And also it's like really not like Batwoman because Batwoman has been a pretty grounded show so far. Um, so like the, the farthest out that you've got is like, oh, the snake bite will give you some happy memories. It's like maybe if you had done something like specifically with snake bite, like I don't know what you would do, like reverse snake bite. Where you turn Kate's memories poisonous or something? Ooh. Yeah, that would have been that would have made more sense and been like, okay, I, I see where we got here. But whatever the hell they did with the hypnosis 
And now it's just so powerful that even though What's-Her-Face is dead, you know, Cersei is still superior to Kate. It's just nonsense. And it just drags out further. Like, we're going to get to the end of the second season. And even though the whole season has been spent looking for Kate, we are not going to have gotten any Kate. <laughs> so it's just, even when we actually have Kate there, we still don't have Kate. Um, and speaking of Kate being there or not being there, Ryan is supposed to, is that woman now, right? She is a titular character at this point in time. And like I have previously been arguing or, you know, complaining about, she doesn't have anyone on her side. And that is what we saw play out in this episode, right? When Kate comes back or when they thought Kate has come back. So if he asked about her like one time and then the only other person who is on her side is her parole officer, whose name mm-hmm. I do not know. And who had to be told that she was that woman in order to help her. So, um, yeah, I just think it's really unfortunate. I feel like it's been, what, 17 episodes? We definitely should have been able to build a concrete dynamic with someone in Batwoman for Ryan that would be torn. And you would think, like, Mary is the obvious choice. Like you said, Mary should have come in, told her stay. Plus, Mary knows what it's like to be the unfavored sister, right? Or the person who just doesn't get as much love. (laughs) You know, the person who feels like a replacement, even though she is in her own right supposed to be here. True, yeah. So, (laughs) So you would think that she would be on the lookout for, you know, for Ryan and be like, hey, I'm still, you know, with you. Or even, even if it, even if it was out of pettiness. Fake Cersei like, Kate doesn't even remember Mary. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so even right? if it was out of pettiness, you think she would go to Ryan or have, you know, have formed a kind of little alliance there. But mm-hmm. th- she didn't, I don't think that's her fault. I think that's because the show just doesn't care that much about Mary. Like, it's a point, it's like a story plot that people don't care about Mary, but the show also doesn't. So it's like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Noted. Um, so yeah, um, that was unfortunate. And then aside from that, I think my own, my, my biggest issue is just that it's upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want these things to happen. I like, we only have one episode left and I'm not sure what, how they're gonna, you know. That's like, that's part of my, that bleeds into my dislikes. Cause that's one of my biggest things. Like, cause we were saying, like, people have been complaining about, you know, this isn't really Ryan's season cause there's too much of people being pulled to care about Kate and, you know, complain about Kate and not being around, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, to a certain extent, the way that Kate left the show was out of the writer's control in the sense that that's not what the story they were planning on going. So in order to make it like the health of the show in the long run, you kind of need your characters to go through like five stages of grief or whatever and for whatever, because they they already said they were going to kill Kate, so they have to make some kind of believable story to, you know, in Kate in a way that is satisfying for people that love her, but also keeping the show where you're going to take the show. And I feel like, okay, if we, if we say season two is that, then season three should be Ryan's season, but consider, like, I was surprised when we got the, the trailer, and it's like, this is the finale, and I'm like, we just we're just now broaching the whole Cersei case situation. <laughs> it's not even gonna be like I don't. It's not gonna be finished this season. So now we're we're threatening to take this over into the third season of still people you know running around trying to save Kate's soul, and where in that is Ryan. Um, so I feel even a little like you know you still got one episode to see how what they do about it, but it is looking like it's gonna bleed into season three. So. Whether that was their original plan, 
um, and they changed it because they like Wallace or not. I don't know, but it, you know, it is starting to drag on a little bit longer. And I think because they took so long with like her disappearance, it just kind of they're they're also kind of like speeding everything up now towards the end, um, where I feel like they could have a couple more episodes. Everything's hitting us at in this one episode, in the penultimate episode. Yeah. Because they introduced her like eight episodes ago. They're like, Kate's still alive. And we're like, okay. And then, and then we all see her for like five episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I and like I know the episode is called Kate Kane, so obviously she's gonna be the main story, but just her taking over Ryan Shine Shine came like full force in this episode. Um, I'm just kind of disappointed again that no one considered what Ryan might be feeling with Kate suddenly back in the picture. Um you know, Luke was very dismissive when Ryan was obviously like trying to be like, well, maybe we should, I don't know, maybe we should wait. And he's like, no, 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 she's fine. She's strong. She's resilient. And it's kind of like, I don't know, a little bit backhanded to, to Ryan. Like, no, she's strong. She, she will, she will fight through. Um, that could like, that's how much I want her back in this bat suit and not you kind of like that, <laughs> that unsaid end of the sentence, you know? Um, and then again, like Mary should have been the one in the apartment. Um, I like it. I like that it was Sophie because we got that nice moment. But even after, like Mary never even checked back in with Ryan to see, like, hey, where's your stuff? You know, it was never like she left. Ryan left the apartment and then never had a interaction with Mary again until she had to save all their asses in the Batcave. And so it's like. Did Mary not even know? No one called Ryan, tried to figure out where she was. They had fake Kate's ass up in Wayne Tower and cheers and all this other shit. <laughs> and talking about, oh my God, we're going to return to the good old days. Like, what? who was Ryan? Did she chop liver? That kind of thing. So, like, I mean, a lot of that, I, I feel um, sympathy for, for Ryan. I feel like her pain in the episode, because it really did feel like no one cared about her now that Kate was back. Um, yeah. What else did I not like? That was a, that was a big part. <laughs> it, and it it feels like part of me thinks like it feels that way because this is the show saying that this is as much as y'all Kate people are gonna get. Like we're making it this exaggerated because it's not gonna happen. But it's also so exaggerated that it just feels like very, you know, you know, so Luke and Mary are supposed to be Ryan's best friends and they're acting a little out of character um, this episode. Um, and then also just with um, Wallace playing Kate. And, and it again, like, to be fair, she's not playing Kate. She's playing Cersei playing Kate. So there's like a, a like a little intermediary in between there. But. I don't know. Like, I knew that it was off from the beginning and, and something was off. And it just felt like she comes off too pretty. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I know, like, Ruby's also very pretty. Um, but Ruby's Kate was more kind of like, I don't know, it felt like grounded or like, whereas Wallace's Kate feels more pretty. And I don't know, because Cersei used to be like a model or whatever, so I don't know if it's Cersei playing Kate, but Cersei's still, like, she's, like, pretty, and so that's how she's playing Kate, but it just, I don't know. I don't know if, how much I believe 
it's I don't know. I'd have to I have to, have to wait until like she's like playing Kate playing Kate again, I guess. But something about it was just not working for me work completely. For yeah. Um and I also I agree with Tati that it doesn't make sense why we wouldn't see a struggle from Kate at all. Uh especially when Cersei starts like going full throttle and is like taunting Sophie and throwing her love letter in her face, shooting Hi. arrows at them. Like if if no other time for Kate to put up a fight, it should have been then. And the fact that she didn't, I'm wondering like why? Like I don't I agree with you. Right. I don't think that Kate is that weak that she wouldn't have had something to say about that that we don't see, but Anywho, tell us what the folks are saying about Batwoman. What are the streets saying? Got Anita, Sonia, and Spara. <laughs> yes, Anita says, um, hello, ladies. How is everybody? We're doing all right and hope you are too. The whole time I was watching Cersei Kate unveil, I kept thinking this isn't right. This isn't right. Kate Cersei's uh, or whatever personality is dominating was too much and going way too fast. Not only was she just raiding the Batcave, but she was toying with Sophie's feelings. And then Ryan had to move out to go back to the van down by the river. Boy, was that tough to see. So now everyone has to deal with a real mess on their hands. Those tense moments in the Batcave were oddly entertaining, (laughs) which made the progression of the episode kind of weird to stick with at times. I still don't know. Uh, how to think of this character. People who watched season one, and I didn't, might see more of Kate Keane in her, but to me it's just Cersei, impersonating Kate, and then going back to being an evil manipulator. I'm just glad people realize they should listen to Ryan. She's been through so much, putting her stamp on Batwoman and everything. She deserves to be Batwoman. I agree. I agree. Even though you didn't see season one, I think you hit the nail on the head, Mm because that's how I feel about Cersei. And then Sonya says... Uh, this episode is pretty good from seeing Ryan fight Kate Cersei, the Sophia and Alice scene, seeing Mary, Luke, Ryan, and Sophie working together, the corrupt crows joining Black Mask, and the false face society and the Sophie Kate heartbreak. It was really well done. Loved seeing Kate Cersei at the holdup with her friends acting like belligerent drunk drunks as she was like two seconds away from whining. But I own the place, like Karen <laughs> saying, but I own, I know the owner. <laughs> It was nice to see Kate Cersei and Luke bonding, and I thought it was hilarious when she started changing when he was still in the room, still looking, and his adorable awkwardness. See, that's Luke, why I feel like it's like an example of like her playing cute. Yeah, I see that. And that scene says, it took me a moment. I was like, why it's weird. is like, this why happening? Would you, yeah. <laughs> um, and then poor Luke, that his idea of using the journals to help her remember herself totally backfired as she was just using him to get to the journals to her psycho uh, dad. And now they have everything about the bat cape, which is bad. Ryan getting arrested and set and set up sucks, but I love how she told her parole officer the truth and that they both had each other's backs with Ryan fighting the cops to protect her and the parole officer giving her the access card to get out of the police station. Hope we get to see more of her parole officer. I feel so bad for Sophie. I totally thought showing Kate Cersei the letter would jumpstart more memories and I was fooled for a second until the U-Haul comment and her tanking the team, tanking the team. Uh, love the Easter eggs of famous DC villains like Bane, Joker, Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, etc. And how Poison Ivy's vines will be able to help Sophia rebuild Coriana. Alice stabbed Sophia with a desert rose knife. Uh, can't wait to see the next episode, which I believe is the season finale, and see how everything plays out. Indeed. Thank you, ladies. And Swara. Uh, Swara had... <laughs> Did he? You know, he just had Flash and Legends, right? No, he had Batwoman. Oh, no, he did. Sorry, Swara. 
<laughs> he says, I can't believe that the season finale of Batwoman is this Sunday. It feels too soon somehow, perhaps because we have been spending so much time on the search for and the return of Kate. I actually like the villainous twist for Kate Cersei as it keeps Ryan as the hero Gotham needs. I do expect she'll be 100% Kate in the end and hopefully go into exile or something. And while I definitely do feel the yearning from Kate for from Sophie to Kate I hope she stays and gets with Ryan instead (laughs) (laughs) this episode felt like it could have done more for penultimate episode honestly and I hope that next season will be more squarely focused on Ryan as Batwoman and her journey I do feel like she's had some fantastic material in season two but we have to fully move on from Kate please I'm tired I found the interaction between Alice and Sophia intriguing including at the end but I just still generally don't care about Alice kind of hope she goes next season too or just becomes an actually compelling anti-hero excited for Luke to become Batwing Batwing in the finale that's why I was confused about all of that because I'm like wait the finale is next week and Luke is going to be Batwing next week and everything's just going to happen next week or this yeah I was like so yeah it seems like we just saw him on set in the Batwing suit for the finale. It feels like there should be more weeks in between us seeing him on set and him actually appearing in the episode. But I know. Too soon. But yeah. alas. Um, predictions? Mm, I don't even know. I mean, I other like... than... Sorry, go ahead. Hmm? No, no, no. I was just going to say, I like the idea of Kate coming back to herself and then mm-hmm. leaving because she's done so much damage as Cersei. Yeah, yeah, I accept that. <laughs> that's that's very um, optimistic of you guys. You guys have such creative brains. Um, <laughs> I will say that I did like the fact um, that you know, like you said, May, that her bat suit wasn't actually her returning to the bat suit, and she like took kryptonite and like wrote a little thing through the bat, so you know it's not Batwoman. It's not the same, guys. Um, <laughs> So and I I do like that the return to Kate is not it's not Kate and it's so not Kate that it kind of um, puts a damper on people thinking that Kate will be back um, in any kind of like prominent role permanently. Um, so that's that's good. It's another way to like reinforce that it's Ryan's show now. Um, but I saw uh, I read I think it was a Screen Rant article about. Tavaroff becoming Bane 2.0, which I was annoyed about. Mm-mm. And apparently, which I didn't know, he is Batwing's villain in the comics. Like, he's a comic villain. Menace. Tavaroff is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, then. And it makes sense, like, in the show, like, him and him and Luke now more yeah. their, like, thing against each other. Right. Interesting. Um, yep. But obviously, that is going to happen. So... Yay, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, like I, I guess I kind of mentioned mine earlier that I, I feel like there's not really a lot of space for them to resolve Kate in this season finale. So I feel like it's going to bleed over. Something's going to bleed over into season three. Hopefully she's not still Cersei in the season three, but there's still going to be some like resolve, which I feel like they want Wallace back anyway for more episodes than she's been in. So. I guess that's my prediction. On The Flash. The Flash episode is titled Rayo de Luz. And with Barry and Iris out on a baby-making vacation and Frost doing some quote-unquote shopping, Chester, Allegra, and Caitlin are left to hold down the fort. Chester decides to engage people in D&D game. They do not want to engage in that. 
But Allegra would rather want a more IRL action adventure of finding her murdering cousin, Ultraviolet. Um, but Ultraviolet finds them first and jitters and tries to kill both of them. And they are saved by Sue, who is still in town. And she's in town because she's been looking for um, Ultraviolet herself. Um, she wants to track down Ultraviolet because she believes that Esperanza is, you know, targeting people for some organization. But they find out that she is not killing random people. She just wants to kill one specific person. And that is the black hole doctor who is responsible for making her the way she is and butchering her voice. Um, after hearing her sob story, Allegra wants to free her from the whatever holding cell that they have her in in Star Labs. Sue is not pleased to be working with rookies because, you know, this is the second time she's come on a mission <laughs> without the A-people. <laughs> Um, and she is like downright skeptical slash hostile to Allegra's plan of redeeming Ultraviolet because she feels like Ultraviolet is beyond redemption. Um, but she does go along with helping them find the doctor. Um, the doctor, Ultraviolet finds the doctor first and he, instead of killing him, he offers her a proposal, which he says that if you kill all the people after me that know about me, then I'll give you your voice back which she stupidly believes and attacks her cousin. Um, But what they don't know is that, although the doctor says that their powers are fueled by hate, Allegra has something stronger than hate, the power of love. And (laughs) it supercharges her all the way until she becomes a supernova. Um, She defeats Ultraviolet, and they send the doctor off to jail. And luckily, Kaylin remembers that she's a doctor and that maybe she could do something about Ultraviolet's voice box. Um, So happy story there. Meanwhile, on the other side, Joe still cannot let go of this bone to pick with Kramer. So he finds some evidence. He takes it to her. He takes the whole file to her. Like, look, I caught you being shady. Explain. She's like, get out of my office. And he takes, she lets him take the folder back, (laughs) which is curious. But then later she's like, you know what? overreacted come meet me at the bar and i'll tell you what's going on and we find out that the guy adam craig um that got her whole platoon killed is actually her um brother from another mother um they're from the same reservation so they grew up together two native kids um they bonded over um you know shared culture and being kind of you know excluded from um normal society and they only had each other and he sold out her um, platoon, but didn't want her to die. And she feels like if she had just seen the signs, she's a good cop. So if she had seen the signs, she was blinded by her brother. So if she had seen the signs, then she would have known and her people wouldn't have gotten killed. And she wants Joe to help her make it right and find Adam Craig. So that's what they're going to do. Danielle Panabaker directed this episode and it was written... Story written by Jess Carson and teleplay by Jonathan Butler. And what was Spark and Joy about this episode? <laughs> well, I think that they did the best they could with the B team. Um, I did enjoy, you know, getting to know, understand, um, care more about Allegra. Um, and I think that 
her cousin Esperanza was a good choice for her episode uh, episode centered on her because it's like <laughs> the only thing we know about Allegra. So it's it's good to kind of you know follow through with that story because we didn't get very far in it the first time around. Um, I also liked that Allegra was following the what would Barry do mantra as she was trying to handle the situation because that way we feel Barry's presence felt throughout the episode even though he's not there, right? He's the one that's taught her the philosophy that she is trying to engage in. Um, and I like how easily, you know, Chester was like ready to to jump on board with her and also, you know, wanted to be involved and participate in the missions while she was trying to protect him. Um, so they have a cute dynamic that I enjoy. Uh, speaking of cuteness, uh, I love that Chester, Chester's just like unabashedly nerdy, like geeky, whatever you call it when you're into stuff like D&D and how he's just like inviting everyone to D&D. He's not hiding that shit. And then at the end, you know, Allegra finally was like, yes, I will go. We will play a game of D&D. And then Barry interrupted them and I was like, I want to see them play D&D. What are you doing? Go away, Barry. But, <laughs> oh well. Um, uh, also, um, I do like that Sue came in to save the day um, and that she's kind of like the leader of the backup squad or she has appointed herself the leader of the backup squad. Um, also, when she revealed the truth about parents or like you know why she was relating so much to Allegra and trying to like tell her what to do with her cousin uh, I thought that was a good scene um, and it's also like believable like yeah <laughs> I'm sure that your rich ass parents who got roped into a scam basically um, loved how much money they were making out of it and now they don't want to let go of that right mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah I believe that um, and I understand you know uh, Sue being uh, disillusioned by that so, so yeah, I liked I liked how they find they found like a common point to bond, and then that was like the turning point for them. Also, when they thought that I'm saying also a lot, I don't know why. When they thought that Sue wasn't gonna help them, right? And it was just them, and then suddenly Sue jumps in, and it's part of the part of the gang again. Love that. Um, I guess it's good that Joe was proven right about <laughs> Kramer. So at least we know his instincts are on point. He's kind of a good detective. Uh, also, you know good that Cecile was supporting them. I, I, I like that, you know, they had several um, sweet scenes of her kind of backing him up and like telling him, follow your heart, you know, you got this, go investigate the Kramer things. And now he finally has a storyline after many, many moons. He has a mission, something that he's going to go after, right? When they're going to go look for her brother that was the real culprit. So <laughs> it was that, Adam all along. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the, the part where Allegra unleashes the like her full Sailor Moon cosmic power was funny. <laughs> I enjoy. I, I did enjoy that. I really did make you think of like the pure of heart. You know, only she can wield the crystal. So uh, <laughs> you know, you go, Allegra. She saved her cousin. She sent the evil doctor to jail. She proved herself and grew her powers, um, and all without a mentor. You know, right there, uh, telling her how to do it. Allegra is. Uh, very cool, and we love that for her. Also, I guess it's yay that Frost is getting laid now, or she's gonna get laid, because he's no longer a criminal. He's out <laughs> the same way that she is, so now they can go to Bone Town. What? Wait, what? I missed that. Like, Remember really? That? So yeah. Frost was just oh, like, chill with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I, I spaced out when you were talking, and he's like, now she can go to Bone Town. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Frost is chill 
Oh, the last gonna, time I heard you were talking about Allegra, so I'm like, I don't know. Do, well, well, Allegra and Chester <laughs> seem like they might want to go to yes. <laughs> So they they might Dude. also join, not join, but you know, go to two separate books. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They'll also book their tickets, get on the train. They'll all eventually like start using Barry and Iris's timeshare to there break. There you go. There you go. Central. <laughs> we'll go shopping, quote unquote. We got cataloging. Yeah. We got shopping. We got all kinds of euphemisms. <laughs> um, yes, I, I also like those parts. I think I guess it was like better than I thought it would be in general. Um, it's funny because like the JV team is really a JV team. They're just so young, so willing to do good and take lessons from the. You know, the OGs, it's sort of... you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boss man and boss lady are out now, so we have to, you know, do our own thing. But, yeah, I did like their dynamic. I loved um, even the fact that, like, I mean, Chester is just so adorable. <laughs> the whole D&D thing, how, like, he comes up with ideas to help. And, you know, he's sort of like, in a way, he's sort of like the iris of the the JV team because he's like the one that doesn't have any powers but he's like I still do these things and you know and he does them and he's so great and I like his and Allegra's bond um they're weirdly adorable and I like that like Allegra's like yeah we'll we'll play d and I'll do it I don't know what the hell is going on there but you'll have to teach me we can do it over lots of coffee it's good <laughs> so that was really cute and i did like the fact that we did learn a little bit more about allegra not just with regards to her cousin but like how why she really wanted to help save her because she felt a she felt like you know the whole betrayal thing from last season and also the fact that she was sort of the only family that she had growing up and that's why she didn't want to let that go even though she's sort of found like a new ish family but it was somebody she thought was worth saving and i thought that like i'm really glad that they also gave um esperanza a backstory as well it wasn't just like this woman is doing evil because of this and that is because she was working for black hole and we know black hole is a manipulative organization and also she was experimented on like that was super shocking and just like all the hurt that she's been through i totally understand why she is uh has gone down this route and she's like i need to murder this man i was like and i support this <laughs> um and the fact that like allegra instead of trying to stop her from going after him she's like yo i want to help you do that which is really nice because i don't want to have the whole conversation where like we need to talk her down because this is bad and Killing there are other her. ways <laughs> yeah so i did like that and i think that in general like sue being on board and helping her through it not just like find allegra or find esperanza but also like talking things out and having connecting in that heart-to-heart -heart way that the flash always does because now all we do is save villains by talking to them <laughs> um, so I, I like that i liked her and sue's dynamic as well and even like it was really funny when she's like so what's on the pl plate here they're like well barry and iris aren't here so she's like oh okay her reactions were <laughs> hilarious she's like oh my god i should have left town i had the chance <laughs> yeah that was pretty hilarious so i i like her vibe and just her being there with 
with uh, Chester and Allegra was really fun. It's also super funny that like when when Sue's like, where you know, where are the big guns? And they're like, well, Barry and Iris are out, and Frost is taking care of something. And like Caitlin's like the only elder, you know, on the team. Right. And it's like she was not, and it was really weird. <laughs> Um, it's not necessarily like as more of an observation. Um, but she would but think yeah. she would be like leading the team as far yeah, as like, coming up with like a, exactly. a plan or whatever. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it was really odd because she and was it just... also felt like I, I guess when Barry was leaving his like goodbye speech to everyone, it felt like he left Star Labs with Chester in charge. Yeah. Which again, yeah. Like, you skipped over Caitlin. <laughs> I guess, you know, now Cisco's gone. She's just there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, also speaking of Barry, like he was not in it very much, but like the fact that he and Chester had that, like also another awkward exchange. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, because Iris aren't trying to connect. <laughs> He's like, yes, I remember it. But it's sort of cute too that Chester's sort of the only one that knows there's West Island wants to have a baby. So I like that. That's cute. And it sort of helps them bond more <laughs> that he knows the secret that no one else does yet. Um, yeah. So overall, like it was better than I anticipated it would be. It's kind of funny because like two out of three episodes, fillers ain't bad <laughs> that are better than you expected them to be. Um, I really liked allegra and chester's dynamic especially poor chester because he's like i just came out to have a good time play D and i'm just feeling so attacked right now <laughs> he got like thrown you know and he broke his wrist or whatever it jitters and then esperanza hit him again and like broke his arm so it's just like but he still wants to get out there and you know support his teammate and you know poor allegra is just like i need to wrap you in bubble wrap <laughs> and put you here where you'll be safe <laughs> um so it's it's nice. It's kind of like a it is kind of like a reverse Barry and Iris, also in the sense that you know one has powers and is trying to like protect the other one that does not have powers, but the other one's like, but I can still do stuff <laughs> and help you. So um, you know their their friendship, especially because they're like the the actual two JV people, because um, Caitlin doesn't count, but um, them kind of like doing this together. Um, I still like Sue. Sorry, Tati. <laughs> I just like her. Like, I agree. Like, I like her vibe. And she's coming in at, like, a Barry Iris level and not a Chester Allegra level. So she's coming in. You know, if you were coming, visiting some someplace and you were expecting, like, the top A-level people to network with and you get there and none of them are there, you'd be kind of like, oh, my God. Whatever too so like I, I understood like sue sue's frustration at working with like rookies um and i you know the her it made like a lot of sense because she's kind of like a hard ass just in general but hearing her backstory about like her parents and um why she feels the way that she does about esperanza's relationship like Esperanza in general her relationship with Allegra you can tell this is like out of protectiveness and trying to protect Allegra um she has a harder uh, mentor ethic than, than than Barry like mentor personality like woo 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 <laughs> and Sue, Sue is more blunt and straightforward <laughs> um I also have to get on my Kristen Kramer. I'm back on my Kristen Kramer defense squad bullshit. Sorry, Tati, again. <laughs> like, I still think... All, all ultimately, me. Yeah. 
because uh, I know you disagree. But I mean, like, ultimately, I still think they did her dirty with the whole Frost storyline. Um, just because it just doesn't make sense why they wouldn't have brought in the city and uh, instead of like Kramer, who doesn't have any direct connection to Frost. Um, but I do like that Joe was actually right for once, that there was more to her story. And it, like, I, I know like the whole yelling at him to get out of the office seemed like bullshit, but you know, I do feel like even in the moment, it kind of felt like she was doing it to deflect from something. Like, he was touching on something. I felt like there was, like, maybe cameras in, like, her office. Like, she was paranoid that someone was, like, watching and would find out. She's like, get out of here, Joe! <laughs> but um, I, I liked hearing the back, the more to her story part. Like, I liked that they acknowledged her native background and that her bond with Adam, although not, like, bonded by blood, was still just as strong. And it's, it's just really nice because it's a parallel with Allegra and Esperanza, who are bonded by blood, but they still have the same kind of um, relationship where one went down the wrong path and the other is trying to, you know, Allegra is trying to pull her back and like right or wrong that, you know, Esperanza thinks she wronged her and Kristen is trying to, um, you know, it's that whole, if I had just been more vigilant, if I had seen, if I had been a better cop or better Marine or whatever, then she could have, you know, saved not only Adam, but also all of her other people. So, like, the only thing that I feel like would make, I hope for the sake of, like, redeeming this whole Kristen Kramer background and story is that Adam is or was a meta um, to kind of explain why she has this extreme distrust of Frost because she felt like she was too light on the one meta that she was close to and disaster struck, so she doesn't want to have any kind of second chances with Frost and that's maybe that's why so um I feel like they could have <laughs> massaged that a little bit better but hopefully that's where the story is going and we can get some more of that and have maybe actually Frost and Kramer work together or something I don't know the predictions um but I, I did like the backstory for for her and the um, idea of her and Joe, which it'll be co-opted by Team Flash. Like we know, we know where this is going. But <laughs> I like the idea of them trying to find um, Adam Craig together. So that was cool. Um, what did not spark joy? Um. <laughs> well, nothing will make me like Kramer. So you are correct about that. <laughs> I was not. Uh, I do not think she was a reasonable human being or a good cop, especially not after she was like, "I will have you arrested, Joe, for bringing me evidence and asking me to talk about it." That is against the law, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kramer." Um, so I am interested in where the story will go, and I, you know, accept that it is there uh, with Kramer um, because I'm interested in where, what Joe will do with the story. But I still don't like Kramer herself. Also, I'm going to put her in the Cecile category of why are you generating weird chemistry with people that you shouldn't be generating chemistry with? Because <laughs> it definitely looks like she's going to pounce on Joe at any moment. Um, and I'm like, hey, well, if, is- Cecile, if Cecile met her, she gave me keep a hold of her man and stop looking <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, to be fair, he's not a married man. So I guess go for it. But he is single. <laughs> it is very weird to me. Um, He's so a committed anyway. long-term relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, aside from that, uh, this is like a minor nitpick, but uh, the thing that bothered me most about Sue, because um, I do in general, like I like, I like, I do like her vibe, and I do understand why she comes in like 
okay, well, I guess I'll be the boss of y'all because you guys are useless. Uh, <laughs> was her Spanish? It was so horrible. I did not know what she was saying. And she did it like three times. And I was like, please stop speaking because the words you were saying do not make sense. Um, so that was like, it was like, Esperanza has good Spanish. Esperanza obviously speaks Spanish. Allegra is like, you know, I have not been speaking Spanish for like 10 years. And now you just told me to start talking to my relatives and I'm trying to get it out here. It's a little <laughs> bit awkward, but I'm, I'm, I'm making it happen. I'm making it work. And then there's Sue. I just, you know, just, I don't know what she was saying, but that's okay. Um, and then finally, just the fact that Iris was only there for a flashback. Candace got her paycheck. Thank God for that. But, you know, and I guess it still technically counts as an episode appearance, it right? Counts, it counts as an episode appearance. She got her paycheck for that. So yay for her. However, I mean, I guess it's it's less insulting than the time that they brought her on for, for that like one line. Yeah. Line. Half of the line wasn't even on screen. <laughs> so, yes, it is better than that. <laughs> but I was still like, wow. I would have at least liked to have seen a repeat of the last time they went on vacation, right? Because the reason why I would imagine Barry is saying, hey, we want, we have no cell reception whatsoever on this entire island. You will not be able to contact us is to not have a repeat of the honeymoon. Ralph. When Ralph was contacting <laughs> them stop, right? Like that makes sense. And so it would have been cool just not let them have explicit callback to that. But if we'd gotten to see Iris there and Candace, you know, with another fun hairstyle or whatever, a fun outfit or whatever, because we barely get to see Iris being fun. So <laughs> that is all. <laughs> I agree with this. I would like to see them on vacation. I don't want the shirt. I want the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I know Vancouver has some beaches. So you right? get to film there. So I just, I don't get it. And it's like, it's not like this plot was so heavy that they couldn't have used a couple of minutes of screen time to to give us this especially as they like we know they're trying to start a family that but it'd be nice to have conversation have to film them. i know i know but you know it, it would be for us <laughs> right, right a sacrifice being made for us yes <laughs> and and this is the thing too it's not it's not just that because the last time they went on vacation we didn't see that either and she wasn't directing so it's not like but Candace was in the episode. I know she was. She was. I know. I know this logically. And I'm like, I get it. And I get actors having breaks and stuff because Eric's always going on. But I want to give the leads a break. But I think he also overestimates the love people have for the, the JV squad. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I feel like there needs to be more of a balance. And I say this only because, especially with, like, I would. I didn't mind the episode, but I do think in a season that hasn't been as strong or given its leads more to do story-wise or heart-to-hearts or whatever, you know, it would have been, like, I wouldn't have been as annoyed with it. But in this instance, especially as we're coming up on, like, the last four episodes of the season, I wish that there had been more time spent with them, like, even in the previous episode, like, how do they feel about this i don't know so just give them something because i feel feel like especially iris has gotten very little to do this season especially with regards to citizen because i saw at the end like with chill blaine holding up a little newspaper about how he was he made a deal or whatever to get out and it was like ccpn i was like why are we still stuck at picture news iris is right there with citizen 
Nobody was writing at the Citizen this week, so. But, yes, but it's just one day. Yeah. It was just yeah. one day that they were gone, so I don't know. I just don't like that vibe because it's not the first time that they have used picture news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's just frustrating that we could be developing the Citizen rather than just seeing it once every like six episodes. Um, so that's just continues to be a general frustration. And also, I really don't know how to feel about Kramer because all you gotta do is be on the fence. I will, I will I'll get you home. Because she's like the writing time. for her the writing for her is just so hot and cold all the time. And it just makes her look incompetent and also her characterization like she doesn't like the writers don't really know what they want to do like they use an in with the whole killer frost thing like let's bring in this interesting character and that's how we're going to give joe a storyline which is great i'm happy that he actually gets a storyline but i don't (laughs) i'm not really clear on how we fully got there to the point where now i have to be sympathetic towards kramer i'm like i don't it doesn't compute <laughs> um, after everything. So I feel like they definitely could have done a better job fleshing that whole story out rather than flip-flopping between her feeling one way and then her doing something else and then her having... being good, good cop versus... Yeah, no, she's yeah, actually good evil. Cop. But no, reverse yeah. her, She's actually good. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just driving me crazy. <laughs> um, and then what I also like actually really disliked was the fact that Esperanza, I know that she's pissed off at her cousin, but the fact that she would think to trust a man who experimented on her to begin with, mm-hmm. like, you're going to kill everybody who's associated with him, but how do you know he's not going to do some fucked up shit even more? You're like, that didn't compute for me. I'm like, you need to make better decisions. <laughs> you need to listen to your cousin and go with her to start labs or something because trusting this man is not the way to do it at all. So it was just really like surprising and frustrating that she would just be like, yeah, I'll make this deal. All I have to do is kill. That's cool. Um, so that was really irritating. Yeah. And I, I definitely get that. Cause it is kind of like confusing. Like, why would you trust him over your cousin? Like I, it, she wasn't even playing. Like she's going to, I'm just going to pretend that I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to turn around and actually kill the doctor dude. Like that's not even what she was doing, which, um, it would have made more sense if she did it that way. Um, Right. Yeah, but it kind of goes, it kind of like knocks a dent in Allegra's theory that she's actually a good person <laughs> kind of thing. Because, yes, she she had this horrible thing happen to her. It's kind of like Alice and Jacob trying to be like, but just remember, like, Beth was a good person. <laughs> it's like, I don't give right. a fuck. Or, like, she's or a victim. like Kate and Cersei. It's like yeah. Esperanza is like the Kate inside. <laughs> it's like, I don't really care what like them that much. I'm not going to try that hard. Yeah, because it's just like you, you stuff bad stuff happened to you, but Esperanza has made several active choices since then that are all on her own. Um, so I think like I feel like Sue came off like really hard about um, you know family. Okay, so they have this whole thing about whether you you know when's the good time to let go of family or situation when they just don't want to be better. Um, and so you had the example of her parents and, and Allegra with Esperanza and Esperanza was doing everything she could to not be good <laughs> and to push and kind of like um, stamp on Allegra's goodwill. And the whole episode, like I know like the flash is very family and, and love will save the day. 
But I just felt like it hit that note a little bit too strongly in this episode because, you know, sometimes it is okay to let some family go. Like some, <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> it's like when you're on an airplane, they tell you you have to put on your own face mask before assisting other people. Sometimes you have to like protect yourself um, first and your own like mental health. And some family members are just not going to do that because that's because even like at the end of the episode, she was like, you know what? I'm gonna go talk to my family. Like she's like she's gonna go and, and convince them somehow to be good. And I think Allegra even said at one point, you know, when they push you away, that just means you have to pull harder. I'm like sometimes it is okay to let go, <laughs> let go of that rope and 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 save yourself and protect yourself. So I just feel like that that note would hit a little bit too strongly. They, they relied on that a little bit too strongly on that in the episode, and it's just not realistic in all situations. Um, and then there's some like these are this is like minor more but like a minor nitpick but like some of Danielle's camera angles like there's one it was after Allegra went supernova and Sue comes in to join and I feel like I don't know if she placed them too close together but when she does that thing where you you focus on one the other one is like blurry and you turn around to the other one the other one's blurry it it was like too blurry. <laughs> If that makes sense, I feel like she had, I don't know if they were like space staged too close together, but the, I, I, I feel like I know what she was going for, but that wasn't how it turned out. And I think some of the, the angles were a little shaky, um, but again, like minor, minor stuff. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I was confused with the flashback of awkward West Island in the archives with Chester, but just because we, we just saw that <laughs> in the previous episode, but like, um, it makes sense that it was just a placeholder for the actual Candace. So, um, but it is kind of disappointing not to see Barry and Iris go on vacation or have, you know, another repeat of that scene with Iris, Barry and Chester. Um, trying to kind of like talk around what they were in front of the group. Um, so yeah. And then the end, like Chilblaine coming back and that nonsense. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how he, well, I guess he, he got out because he snitched. So that's how he got out legally, but still. Why put them in jail in the first place? We're just going to get him out. But what did um they what love did our this man pe- too much and I just need I don't to know stop. why why did that <laughs> oh but also here's here's a dislike and it's like I, I, Caitlin has no story mm-hmm. Frost has more story than she does and she's just kind of like in the background and she's part of JV Flash but not really even but she's not even really but like, yeah I mean she's just like a housekeeper i don't know like she she doesn't have have any kind of presence like they're not even using her for doctoring anymore really um so yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing there what do the people say i'm sure they don't care about 
Sonia says, while this episode was not nearly as bad as I was expecting, I found myself really put off by the fact that Candace had no screen time whatsoever. How hard would it have been to have her in the scene at the start or at the end of the episode? I've always been intrigued by Esperanza and her relationship with Allegra, and it was nice to delve deeper into her powers and how and why she is the way that she is. It's incredibly heartbreaking that a doctor did, did that to her, but it was nice to see her decide to choose good at the end of the episode. Really great having Sue back again. I love the scene where she's asking where Barry is in Chester, Allegra, and Frost are like, Barry's not here. This is Team Flash right now. And so it's just like, uh, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? <laughs> um, the fight sequences this episode were great. Love the fights between Esperanza and Allegra, the fights between Sue and Allegra, and the fights between Sue and the other assassins. Um, when Sue was telling the story of her parents, my heart broke for her. I hope she finds a way to get through to them and it gets them back. I uh, love seeing Allegra with her powers coursing through her. It reminds me of Captain Marvel, and I can't wait to see her powers in action more later this season and beyond. Um, the Kramer storyline was a roller coaster ride. Nice to hear the actual story, and I can't wait to see what they do with this Adam character and Joe and Kramer working together to bring him down. Also, I like how they acknowledge the fact that the actress who plays Kramer is indigenous and made the character indigenous too. Always nice to have representation. Yes, and I like the actress so much, but her story is all over the place. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is I'm, good that they worked, that yes, they worked it in. That much yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm sorry I don't give a shit about Chill Blaine. Why is he still here? <laughs> Next episode better be a thousand percent Iris-centric or I will riot. I don't know, Sonia. You're ready to riot, You're girl. so optimistic. We shall hope for the best. Yeah, <laughs> paint and cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then we're moving on to Suara, who says, uh, sigh, the flash. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, this was one of the weakest episodes in an already rather weak season. I feel like there was a baseline of a really good and compelling story from Jess Carson about the reunification of Allegra and Esperanza, but the unfortunate direction from one who can't act or emote that well had her unfortunate acting story tendencies rub off on the other actors. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. I, I was initially peeved that Candace wasn't in this episode besides a flashback, but honestly, she was probably spared from being in something this subpar. Um, to my understanding, oh, sorry, which uh, Esperanza's redemption was overshadowed by contrived logic, needless interruptions, and nonsensical teleplay, which Jess Carson did not write, by the way. Um, honestly, didn't understand why Esperanza shifted loyalty so quickly. I will say there were Jess some Carson really good... Blood really good emotive moments between Allegra and Esperanza that were like rare gems in this dumpster fire of an episode. It felt rushed honestly and there should have been (laughs) and there should have been more focus on these two characters without the interruptions from Sue. Honestly she annoyed me a lot this episode. I'm sorry but who the fuck is she to get involved in this family struggle? Does she even know Allegra that well? (laughs) A supporter! I have a supporter in the house! (laughs) It's really a shame as there could have been something really good here. Something else I hated was the treatment of Chester this episode. They treated him like he was an annoyance uh, in the way for Allegra to get to her cousin. I just, these cast members deserve way better. Also, LOL, what a cliffhanger. I could not care less about Chilblain and Frost, and this served as the bitter aftertaste to an already subpar episode. I really do love Allegra and Chester and kind of ship them now, but I really hope next time they have a better, much better director. Also, the Kristen Kramer plot came out of nowhere for me. I had no idea that she and her actress were Native American. Um, Honestly, that kind of adds an interesting story aspect for me, and I'm intrigued for where the the journey of this character I used to adamantly dislike goes and one for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that reminds me though um about chester so apparently 
uh, Allegra did ask for permission to call him Chuck in the first episode of the season, and he was like, "Yeah, cool." So that's why she's calling him Chuck. It's oh, just still super weird. That, that was weird because she called him yeah, Chuck like a hundred times that. in the episode. She did, and it, it was, was yeah, it was super she, weird because there were so many episodes where she didn't call him anything. I guess I guess they didn't really interact that much, or she just didn't have a reason to say his name. And then suddenly she said it so many times. I was like, why? But mostly the fact that he had like no reaction to her calling him Chuck. Like it wasn't like. You know, like, he, oh my like, God, you're calling Jack. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's insane. Like, or she, like, you know, whatever, we're close. Or just like, oh, I guess I'm going along with his nickname because it's her, but otherwise I don't like it because why are you calling me Chuck? My name, you know, yeah. and Chuck. So I'm just yeah. CH. I was so thrown off by that. Wait, <laughs> what? Where did this come from? She <laughs> said it so many times. Like, even when it wasn't necessary to say his name, yeah. she's like, Chuck. <laughs> I was like, okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's here. the flashback we needed to remind us that she. Yes, like, exactly. If she had just said it like once or twice, then we would have been like, oh my God, she calls him Chuck. That's kind of cute for whatever reason, right? Come up with a reason. But because she said it like 16 times, I was like, okay. <laughs> what, kind of, what point are you trying to make? What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> anyway. Predictions. Do you have any? Um, I would like to hope that Adam is somehow connected to Godspeed so we can tie I think all the storylines together. Oh. Yeah, I hope so. Adam is Godspeed would be interesting. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so that's, that's the only <laughs> thing that would matter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, Iris will have more to do next week. Will she? I mean... That, um. Yeah. Okay. Lady with Gumption of the Week. It's I guess it's got to be Cer- Cersei... I think Cersei makes a strong case for having a heck of a lot of gumption. Cersei sure did have gumption. That much is true. On Batwoman. Yes, she did. Um, I mean, Allegra from Flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legends. Um, Sarah getting back yeah, to Sarah. the wave rider proposing to Ava. Yeah. And stopping herself from becoming a human again. Yep, that's right. <laughs> or making the choice to sacrifice her quote unquote humanity for mm. to get rid of Bishop. Yeah. I feel like that's a weaker argument than the other two though. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. It, I guess it'd be between Allegra and Cersei. Um Cersei had the gumption to uh make Kate Kane agree. To be a bold faced liar. Exactly. <laughs> and Allegra to had shoot the arrows at Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> and so, to yeah. beat out Kate in her mind somehow. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't understand how, but it did happen. So shall mm-hmm. we give it to Cersei then? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I need to give it to Cersei. All right, all right. She made the impossible possible. Fake the the impossible Kane. <laughs> Fake mm-hmm. you know, like impossible burgers. You <laughs> like, thought it was Kate, but we fooled you. <laughs> um. Cersei is Lady Gumption of the Week, and um, that is it for us for this week. Tune back in next week, or if you have Patreon, tune back in this weekend when we discuss DC Pride, and we will grade the Arrowverse. This is like a update of our previous LGBT in the Arrowverse, which I think we only did one. I feel like we never mm-hmm. updated it, so it's time. We've got two new, we've got Batwoman now, and we've got new characters on Supergirl, so we're going to update that for you guys this weekend. Um, if you do not have Patreon, you can always sign up at DC, what, Patreon? DC Patreon.com slash Patreon.com slash DCTV Gumption. Only $10 and you get like 50 episodes. Um, and more to come. Including this one. And more to come, including this one. Um, but if not, then you can always come back here, same bat time, same bat place, where we discuss the Batwoman finale, Legends, and The Flash. See you next time.
Bye. Bye. Bye.